Welcome to the Special Delivery Podcast. I am your host, Special, here with the man, D. Bledsoe. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm blessed. God is good. Yes, indeedy. All the time. And all the time. Yes. We got to talk all about project enrichment. Oh, man. If you haven't listened to D. Bledsoe's episode on Bar for Bar, please go listen to that. So many stories, so many gems. But I still have questions about the album. So we're here today (laughs) to break down all of my questions about Project Enrichment. You already kind of told the story about how the title was random. It just sounded positive and different. And then your son was like, oh, but it sounds like Enrichment, which is perfect for you. Kind of leading into that, I want to talk about the cover art. It, of course, stemmed from the Seed 16. What was it like making that cover and then transforming it into the Project Enrichment cover? It was really just like a vision to shout out to DJ Basta, who did the Seed and obviously produced this whole project. He put together the cover art for the Seed, as he does with the whole series. And the centerpiece was kind of my idea but he again he put all of that together but the centerpiece was just so strong and it only made sense because the seed was you know essentially the seed for project enrichment so keeping that as the the centerpiece for project enrichment just made sense to me you know daniel lint cut tear that's who did our um, artwork for everything grand national uh mostly he put it together so that kind of matched up with the whole grand national theme and yeah we we got a a piece of art out of a piece of art which is really cool so it's it's two in one art on art on art super shout out to daniel Lent. i'm such a huge fan of his he's crazy freaking talented are we all yeah his stuff is incredible man as far as the photo in the center i'm guessing that's you oh yeah that's that's baby d bledsoe easter hill richmond california i was all of uh maybe three years old yeah i was in my dad's apartment and me and my dad, who collects all types of ridiculous guns, and that's definitely not my lifestyle, but he bought me a toy Uzi, and I just thought it was so cool. It made the maniest noise that picture got taken, and I just thought that it was so perfect for me because, again, I'm so anti-gun and, and just so nonviolent that I was like, being contrary in this way really works for me because my raps may sound a certain way, but the content of it, It's totally different than what it might sound like. So, again, these things just kind of matched up with what I'm going for. So I was like, man, this picture is perfect. Baby DB with a Uzi. And even the juxtaposition from a baby with a toy Uzi, but also this project is so much of you growing in a sense because of course the last album before all the Grand National albums was five years ago and you had talked on Bar for Bar about how you're kind of not so much like cleaning your slate, but just kind of owning up to the things you said and now really being so intentional with what you say now and really putting that into the world. So I think the juxtaposition of that is super interesting too. It's like, oh, there's a baby with an Uzi on the cover. That's a little baby me. But now this is what I have to say and this is where I'm at in my life. So the growth is all there. Oh yeah, for sure. Trying to juxtapose, trying to grow. <laughs> but no, uh, <laughs> it is very intentional with what I'm saying and, and what I'm doing now because my art now, current day, is purely for the love of it. It's not in hopes that I'm going to strike it rich uh, off of a rap song or anything of that sort. It's not like for, you know, my own selfish gain. It, it really is on some redemptive hype. And again, just trying to put something into the world that the world needs, as opposed to just putting something out there and hoping that I get something back from it. I'm really trying to be charitable with what I'm doing now. So I really am taking account of what I say and who it might hit and Again, what I hope for it to do, and that's impact people in a positive way. Not to say I didn't do any of that before, but I definitely wasn't as intentional, and my moments were totally different than what they are now. And I was looking for something before, as opposed to now. I'm just, I'm solely trying to give right now. Mm, I love that so much. Some of my favorite rappers are people who either have a nine to five or rap as a hobby. It's not that forefront of their lives. And so, They don't feel the need to 
try to appeal to this mass appeal. And there's so much passion that comes from someone who is making art just because they want to make it and they want to create a message. And I think that that comes across so well. And I'm just so admirable of that because, you know, a lot of people, when they go from, oh, I want to be rich, I want to make a life off of rap to, oh, no, this is just a hobby now. That's where you see it die off for a lot of people because it's like, oh, maybe it wasn't a passion for you. So when you hear songs from people who have whole lives outside of rap, you know how intentional and how passionate that is. So I just wanted to express my admiration for that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. We all, us rappers, like to talk about keeping it 100 and keeping it a buck. I'm real. I'm real. But the, the realest thing is is what you just explained is living your real life and still doing what you love because most of us aren't blessed enough to make a living off of music. So again, just giving freely, freely you will receive. Like again, I don't, I don't have the motives to get hella shit from this. It's, again, me trying to give what I have to offer to the world in audio form. Who would say an audio book <laughs> might, be, uh, <laughs> might be in my, my cars later on down the line. But as of right now, while I can still put bars together, this is my offering. So appreciate you uh, noticing that. I mean, you are a published author, so it only makes sense. To do her homework, though, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you have to. But the important part, too, about having that life outside of of rap and purely doing it out of passion is honestly the music becomes more relatable so i think there's beauty in that too yeah and it's it's necessary because the majority of our society is average people and speaking as one of those average people that works and has to make a living yeah you do want to see yourself reflected in different types of media and, and that includes rap music for too long you know, you had to have this rap facade and there were all these prerequisites to uh, being a rapper. You know, I'm, I'm glad like there's been a lot of artists that I admire that came during my pursuits as a rapper and before and after me that are and have been making it cool to just be yourself. So I'm just uh, glad to be included with the company now. Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Then we just hop into the first track, Cranberry Vodka. Pops pulled up in that rivy with the A-track Jerry curl, drip, OG I'm talking way back Me and mine found crack in the slit of the tennis ball Uncle Nick cut Nick's, kept a couple in his jaw In a rich, a lot exists, I wish I never saw But it is what it is The war on drugs, side-eye to the fuzz Never serve or protecting me Trying to get love in the world to keep rejecting me It's like the ghetto got a mental telepathy In retrospect, it's cold where the ghetto directed me The storytelling, you can ride to it It's just such a great invitation into the project. I remember you saying that you didn't know it was going to be the first, but I think the inviting element of it just really makes it clear that this should be the first song. Kate absolutely killed it. What was it like making that one? Man, honestly, in all honesty, that was one of many songs Basta and I recorded. Uh, Shouts out to SK at Slapwagon in Oakland. And it wasn't part of the original seed, but the songs that follow. <laughs> Man, it, it was just back-to-back recording, back-to-back song. And that's how I like to work. So it was definitely my element when we made the song. Yeah, after I heard it and heard it in comparison and context with the other songs that were going to be on the project, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is the intro for sure. So then I called Kate and I'm like, Kate, I need you to dust off those opera chops and let me get that. And yeah, she she did her thing perfectly as usual. But out the gates, the, the intentions were to just make it clear that this was Grand National. Like everything everybody's been hearing from me since I've lended my voice back to music, that's what they, they hear me on. So I wanted to make it very clear that this is what you would expect from the next 10 songs that follow Cranberry Vodka. Definitely. And the standout line for me is, you can't reinvent the wheel, but I can get it reworked. What does that line mean to you? So, <laughs> shouts out to East Shore Highway. I'm heavy on the uh, entendres that, that utilize drug references <laughs> because it's familiar to a lot of us that are fans of this genre. It still was applicable to just anything in life. Like, there's not a lot new that you can do under the sun, but you can always make something better. So I may not be able to make the wheel again, but I can work it over to where it could be the best wheel that you've ever driven on. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love that. Then we get to seed 16. My 
Friday on a Thursday What's not to celebrate? Show my partners that it's possible, you know, elevate I'm from that hella state, palm tree, paradise Fleet from the parasites, clean like I'm sanitized Sanctified, painted rides, go for the glory I ain't gonna lie, I'ma stick to my story The vibe on chill, got my eyes on meals Life is a ride, why not wanna Bentley? Truffle mac and cheese steak, medium rare Always up the politic, link with the mayor the only solo track on the album, but of course it comes from the Seed Project. The standout line for me is Sanctified Painted Rise. I just love how that sounds. What was it like writing that one? That was one of the songs I had the most fun with just because it was pure, more or less, it was it was pure braggadocio. Just let me rap, let me get these off. And the, the beat was just so inspiring in that way. I was like, man, I just got to get on here and talk that fly shit. But uh, <laughs> Sanctified Painted Rise just saying, you know, I'm going to come out clean all the time. You know, when you see me, <laughs> it's going to be uh, no less than godly. See, that's why I asked those questions. Oh, Painted Ride. I wrote it as Painted Rise. Okay. That's dope, too. I might have to use that on, an, on another show. <laughs> Remix. <laughs> yeah. Sanctified Painted Ride. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> then we get to Juvian Mace. Promise to stay monogamous style, hella monotonous. I slide up clean every time. That's a promise. I came up on that Juvian Mace. Pac said the black of the barrier. Now you see my Nubian face. Real like a beautiful face displayed in the museum. No money to pay the interest fee, but now you see him. In the building and I'm feeling like a billion First hand account of how to escape drug dealing No, I wasn't Nino, yes, I was one of them people No, ma'am, I am not evil, I simply ran out of options Robin Hood the stock, I'm a pretty good share I looked up in the mirror and it couldn't get no fair Oh, man, oh, man It just feels so good That hook hits so well I just love it What was it like making that one? That was one of the uh, older songs on the project. That song was recorded before I even did the seed. One of the songs that was on the cutting room floor from um, Twice on Sunday, season one, me and Deuce were like the first to the, the studio all the time. So, I mean, we have at least like five, six songs where it's just him and I rapping back to back. This was one of those songs. And again, I was like, man, this, this is too special to just not let anybody hear. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, the way it started, it was just Deuce and I rapping back to back. Again, we, we really didn't have a form to it. So once I, I figured that I wanted to use it for the project, went back in and just did a little oo-wop with the hook. And <laughs> yeah, it, it came out like a real good rap song. And again, just following in, in fashion with what I wanted this project to be is just another representation of the whole Grand National vibe and mode that I've been in the past year. Definitely. The standout line on there might be one of my favorite lines on the whole album. Well, it's actually, it's a sequence of lines. You said, no, ma'am, I'm not evil. I simply ran out of options. Robin Hood the stock. I'm a pretty good sharer. Yes, yes, yes. And <laughs> to me, that even relates to, you know, right now on Twitter, I'm seeing these conversations about the minimum wage going up and people are like, yeah, if the minimum wage goes up, crime will go down. That's economics. And right. so many people have to do things that they don't want to do. And it's not because they're evil. They run out of options and people Seriously. just don't understand that. But then for you to play with Robinhood, the app and the stock and bring it all together with the shares, I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. What was it like putting that together? That was exciting. That was one of those moments where you write something, and you'd be like, damn, did I just write that? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, the, and the line uh, that precedes that is, I am not Nino. Yes, I'm one of them people. People seem to have this, this idea of drug dealers as being like the Nino Browns and then whoever these figures that you see in movies and television shows. But in my experience, we don't really see those people. We see everyday, again, working people, that don't have enough money and see opportunity to make some more money and they do it. And unfortunately, you know, it's not always in the most positive way. Again, it, it just, just self-analyzing and analyzing um, society at large, especially the one that, that I've been witness to. These things don't necessarily make you a bad person. They just make you a person that, you know, fell victim to your circumstances. And, and everybody is not strong enough to always look 
from another perspective and be like, oh man, this is this is fucked up. I shouldn't be doing this. It's like, nah, man, I could I could eat today. I can I might be able to come up a little bit to do this to do, to do that. You know, so it's not that these people are bad. It's just they got caught in a bad situation. So yeah, that's that's that line. Exactly. Then we get to Autumn Mars in the apocalypse. Heavenly hosts, I hope to live amongst the stars. If heaven is a place, I want to get that far. How is one supposed to measure success? Is you happy when you're going to give it your best? Or is that too tacky when you try hard? They say you die hard. Or maybe a saw backwards, dog. I mean, God, is it prayer, self-dialogue? Who's on the other end? Why throw the lob if I can't get a butter rim? Nuts, so arguing with dead partners. No key for the pasta. Scallop, shrimp, and the lobster. Figure there's more fish. Where there's less pictures. Nobody never taught me you could get yours taking less pictures. I love the story about Basta giving you and Mo both that beat and you yeah. being in the studio and being like, oh shit. And the fact that you guys came to a compromise. It's like, all right, well, I'm gonna take this half, you take that half. And Mo, if you're listening, just know that I am going to start harassing you starting right now. We need yeah. the second part of the song put that pressure on him but i just love that story i love the compromise i love that you still included him and faded him out like there's a level of suspense like it just came together so well yeah and mo is just so smooth about everything um and shouts out to mo green like he said we've we've been outside for quite a long time so uh me and mo are very familiar that's my guy. He was smooth about it. Like I said, he, he didn't know until he came out of the booth from recording his part that I had already had to be made a song to it, put it on a project. But it, yeah, it all worked out. And I still wanted to make sure I featured him, even though he has one line on the song. But I wanted that pressure to be put on Mo Green so that he has to put out the remainder of that song. You know, no shade to Boston or anything. That that happens when you got hundreds of beats. It happened with Black Achilles, too. He sent the, our group chat a song, and um, I'm like, oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> Me and Boston already did that one. Oh, <laughs> all right. But, you know, again, it happens when you're working with so much music and so many artists. As long as you're creative, there's always a way to put it together. That song in particular, I just wanted to, again, open people's eyes to how contrary we are without even realizing it. It may or may not make sense when the country is in dire straits financially and health-wise to go out and spend $100,000 on a watch. <laughs> but, you know, people are doing that anyway, but I just thought it was a good moment to speak on things of that nature on this song. Definitely. And the standout line for me is arguing with dead partners. I feel like that has a lot of different interpretations. I think of playing back memories with people and arguing with them after they're gone. But I also think about just sometimes people come in our lives and they instill values in us. And as we grow and change, we kind of have to maybe argue with those people that we lost. I think that there's so many different ways to take that. What was your intent with that one? Kind of playing off um, the movie Above the Rim too, you know, just saying that there are still those lingering things in your past that you're you're still trying to grapple with. So arguing with their partners, like I'm still trying to get my point across and now they're they're gone, but I still got this point to make. <laughs> mm -hmm. But again, it, and it's a reference to just how sad some of our realities are too, because, you know, everybody doesn't have to worry about losing friends to gun violence and to jail and, and to all the various things that others do have to cope with. That line packed all that. Yeah, and just thinking about the things that don't get to be reconciled and, and just the feelings along with the arguments and the emotions, like there's just, there's so much depth in that. So it's almost such a short line, but there's so much packed into it. That's dope. Like you picked that one out. <laughs> it picked me out. <laughs> yeah, right, for real. They speak to me. It's crazy. <laughs> Next one is 2420 Flow, of course, with Black Achilles. Yeah. Set us for 400 years 24, 20 flow, no fears You seeing what I hear, retina get pissed On the pier, dressed like peers Fears in the front toe and toast cheers The coast clear, you won't find a hotel Press play, you think a ghost here It's go-tear, animal farm I don't even want your girl, but it's clear she can't handle the charm. Insert quote from the Mac here. Don't 
play no rap, but my whip is only jazz there. Been a corner, won't spill a drink on this cashmere. My favorite thing about this album is there's a few songs on here where there's no hook. There's just clips from different things, which I'm such a huge fan of because I think, you know, speaking about creativity, that's just another part of the creative process is like, no, we're not going to do a hook. I got this clip. We're going to plug that in on this one. What was that clip from? So on the end of the song, I say, holy Rosario Dawson, run quick see a million eyes watching, watching me. That reference was because before that line, I had mentioned, um, look at how they, they did Jesus and, you know, Jesus Shuttlesworth and Rosario Dawson was in, he got game. And so all that was at work in that bar. So on the, the actual sample or the clip that's between Black Achille and, and my verse, that's Rosario Dawson from some TV show. I'm not even sure. Yeah, I was just searching around. I'm like, man, I got to find something good that she says. I didn't want anything from He Got Game. So I found some random show that she's on and she was interrogating some convict. But on the low, she was trying to incite like a riot or something. So that's why she said something about revolution at the end of the clip. But yeah, that's Rosario Dawson. I love that. It's one thing to have it tie together, you know, as the hook and tie the song together, but even to have it go all the way into almost the last lines of the song, like, I love that so, so much. That's so dope. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. So glad to have met Black Achilles, Mikey. He has quickly become one of my favorite collaborators and rappers. Like, I'm a super huge fan, so I can't wait for his project coming out this year and everything he has coming up. But yeah, he, he super blessed me with that verse. And I love that you said you're well-read, but he's more well-read than you. And like with that verse, you're still trying to unpack everything he was saying because it's, oh, yeah, sure. it's so much. Every single verse is like, man, I have to Google what you're talking about. Like, I'm just not up on everything. And I love that again, because we all ingest different knowledge. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in a race of trying to read more books than anybody around me. But, but uh Mikey uh, has either got me behind him or or he's a, I don't know. Yeah, I'm definitely in the race, but I just admire that so much that somebody can ingest all these things, but then regurgitate them in a way that is still relatable. Like we can all still feel the shit that he's talking about. He's still West Oakland, but he's talking some really educated shit. So yeah, that's that 2420 flow. I love it so much. Then we get to the crazy one. Goodness gracious. Nautica, full gospel. I don't give a fuck though. You know that it's up though. Why you call me fam if you know it ain't love though? What you really here for? Do you know your purpose? Do you know your plan? What you really here for? Baby, babe, they my wave nautical in that nautica. I am damn near that boy. You can go and ask Brandy and Monica. Blow like a harmonica. I am Herbie on that xylophone. Been deprived a lot, so you know that luxury is now what I am prone. The optics are intentionally encouraging. This is purposeful. You, Jane Hancock, Ian Kelly, Gizzle McFly, Cliff Solo, Troy LLF. Like, man, oh, man. Yeah. I wanted to have more people on that song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's Grand National. Like, that that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, period. That one, you talked about how Ian started with the hook, and then, of course, Jane comes in rapping. How would you describe the energy in making that one? Because we definitely feel so much from it. I wish that I could have written my verse after I heard Jane's verse because she come on and rip it, <laughs> which is crazy. It was hella fun. And that one was very intentional. Like I wanted to make a posse cut and that beat just sounded like water to me. So I was like, man, this shit just flows. It's like I could listen to this all day. Like if that was my meditation music, just that, that instrumental alone, mm. I'd go somewhere far away. <laughs> but um, that was the intentional posse cut one of two on the project i'm just so excited about it because i i hadn't worked with cliff solo prior to that song i think i do have a, a song on one of his projects i'll count this this is my first time working with him and then troy too me and troy like again to refer to what moe said about being outside like troy has been outside since since 
it was only a matter of time before we got something done. I'm not sure why that hadn't happened to this point, but I, I definitely seized the opportunity to get him on the song. Man, that's a special one to me. It makes me happy. And Cliff was actually the last podcast. So if people haven't listened to that episode, it'll probably autoplay right after this. So check out, check out. the podcast episode with Cliff Solo. Shout <laughs> out to Cliff Solo. Yes, yes. Then we get to know Nemesis. Feel me? Relatively speaking, I'm a ratchet version deacon. It ain't that I'm deserving, I learned it, so I am speaking. Bossa got the beat beating, planting hella seeds. How else you supposed to grow something? Bro, you gotta know something. They don't want us to know nothing, so we don't get a slice. It's more about the green than it is by black and white. Another favorite of mine. Wow, wow, wow. The fact that you did so many lines playing off of colors, that shit is so dope to me. What was it like writing that? Was it something where it's like, oh, okay, these colors fit together. I want to try to play with them. Did it flow out? What did that look like? What it looked like was knowing that I had Monty Draper about to be on the second verse. So I said, this verse is going to have to be really special or, or else I would be forgotten. I just was motivated to make it as colorful as possible because I'm in the company of some really exceptional rappers. And on this particular song, that happened to be Monty Draper. Jesus. <laughs> I was purely motivated out of competition and out of fear of being outbarred by Monty. I love it so much. And Monty said he's a brains and the muscle i said what oh yeah yeah he was talking that shit but i mean again true to life though he really is mm -hmm. and that's another reason why the, the hook was what it was too because you know you can go into a song and bullshit a verse and, and get away with it but are you really giving it what you could and that's what the own nemesis is in the hook it's like you are your worst enemy and you're the only one that's holding you back so know that. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't want to hold myself back. I wanted to not be my own nemesis and uh, just go for it on this song. I love that video, too. What was it like making that video? Everything came, like I said, I've, I've been saying this on every interview and any chance any, that I've, I've been able to answer the question about Grand National, but how everything just comes about naturally and organically. The store we shot the video in is actually owned by a childhood friend of mine. Like we've known each other since elementary school, but he just recently opened a store in the middle of COVID in the Pleasanton Mall. I thought that was a really big move. Like you're a business owner. And not only that, you're a black business owner. And not only that, you're a black business owner in the middle of COVID. Like it's all these things against him, but he still pursued his passion and made that shit happen. He works a regular job, but opened the store. So he opened the doors and allowed us, uh, Noble who shot that, shouts out to Noble, allowed us to come in there and um, even at the sake of getting himself in trouble with mall security. <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. he made it possible for us to shoot this video in his store. And that was, again, just super special to me. We used to play boys club basketball together. And anybody that knows about the legacy of Elsa Brandy Boys Club, that's basically in Richmond, knows how tight knit of a, a community that was and and those of us that are still blessed to be around we um, just have a special bond and then to take it even further the sample on the beginning and the end of the song is from uh, johnny cash he had, uh, was on some documentary and johnny was also a part of that elsa brandy boys club fraternity him and i won uh, <laughs> What was it, like an eighth grade basketball championship together on the, the Red Sox? Yeah, all that shit just tied in. And um, again, RIP to Johnny Cash, but that's him who you hear talking on the beginning and the, the end of the song. Yes. And super shout out to Stable Goods. I watched an interview that he did and just talking about intentional, like the way those bags are made are some of the most intentional bags you will ever find in your life. So well made, so thoughtful, like everything you need in a bag plus crazy good quality. It blows my mind. So shout out yeah. to Stable Goods for real. Big shouts out to Stable Goods. I just took mine with, with the only two pair of Yeezys I own all the way to, to Texas and back. <laughs> and uh, my bag is still going two years later. It hasn't let me down. So, you know, big shouts out to Stable Goods. Shout out to Rashad, 
all my my boys club people but no nemesis it, it happened because of all these gracious individuals that happen to be from richmond yeah you bring it all the way together that's so so cool then we get to yeah. well big a million bucks is just for self-satisfaction i'm worth way more who put a cap on god i run a lap no jog with all facts on the fraud i got a call from my mama she said la 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 somebody doubted a baby now yeah it going crazy blood so on the back of the jersey like i play for the patriots never nothing for me to ball fight i got a strong right i'm a heavyweight i've been great you ask me they all like howling at the moon i'm a goddamn werewolf pray for me twice on sunday i'm on a killing spree they want to see me in jail casket with a nail another one where there's clips as a hook yeah where did you choose those from so there was a show and i'll, I'll you know at the risk of dating myself there was a show back in the 90s called rock the guy was like a, a trash man i think in baltimore or something family guy good dude and he was in the middle of baltimore that's actually Clifton Powell, who he's talking to, and that you can kind of hear at the end of the song, but uh, Pinky from the Friday series, <laughs> that's him that he's talking to. That clip just stuck out to me. And again, to my generation that was around to see that television show, they know that voice of rock. Yeah, it, it just fit with the theme. And, and me and Champ see eye to eye on a, on a whole lot, and we have an understanding of similar situations and lifestyles. So that definitely fit with having Champ on the song who again is another person that I'm so glad I met over the past year, that guy. He's such an incredible person and it comes out in the bars. Like he blows me away every single time. Whew. The way he speaks in affirmations and bars and then bringing it together to storytelling on that track, like goodness gracious, that man. That's how he talks in real life. He is a national treasure. Like he says on the next song that we'll discuss, he's for sure a national treasure. You don't even have to meet Champ. Like if you hear Champ, like you just said, it, it comes across. He is a, a one of a kind, really special person, but taking that a step further, he's just a really good rapper. Agape Elephant in the Room is out right now. Out right now. Go listen to it wherever you listen to music. But hey, maybe, you know, spend the money on iTunes. Make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Press the button. Exactly. You're just pressing a button. <laughs> and then, speaking of dating yourself, though, we get into Educated Dope. Yeah, man. Twice on Sunday. Monday to Monday. You see what I'm saying, though? Hey, encore. We want more. You know what I'm saying, though? And this shit don't stop, right? Hey, hey, keep going and flowing. And as you flow, you're going to stay growing. Yeah. That tough talk so irrelevant, stop embellishing. You play thug, I'm looking for the plug, Tom Edison. I wake up, I get it out the mud, George Jefferson. Moving on up, more leveraging, score effortless. Yeah. Tear me off a piece of that leaf, I'm trying to roll something. Really talking business or what? Let me know something. No. The line from you that sticks out to me was, stargazing, world watcher, I'm the new widget. And I absolutely love bars that make me do Google searches. For some reason, that one stuck out to me. And I'm like, I don't know what he's referencing, but I know he's referencing something super deep. Let me just type in. I'm like, is it a movie? Is it a TV show? So I just type in widget movie and I see this little pink purple yeah. character pop up. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> And I'm reading the Wikipedia site and I'm like, oh, this was a cartoon on TV, but it was like recognized by the National Education Association All because that. it was so about environmental friendly stuff. Damn. Wow. And then on Kev's verse on the same song, he says, aliens blend right on in. Yeah, you know I'm saying mm -hmm. <laughs> so. It, yeah, it, it all happens divinely and um Man, it it just always comes together with this this whole Grand National thing. That song was another one that was made in the process of uh, making Twice on Sunday, season one. It just didn't fit with the scheme. So I'm like, oh, yeah, it fits with mine. So let's revamp it. I switched the orders up a little bit, but um, I fine-tuned it to where it fit Project Enrichment, specifically Passwords Verse. Yes really made it to where I could not just let this song go and I had to be a little bit selfish and claim it before anybody else did because I'm like man the way he is rapping on this is mine <laughs> it's mine but I think that's such an important part of your guys's process too is you guys make so many songs there's so many verses and it's like okay 
you handcraft these albums to where they flow so well and everything just fits but what about those other songs? So if you'd be like, no, this isn't just gonna sit on somebody's laptop somewhere. These songs need to be oh, yeah. out into the world. So I think that that's a huge part of your guys' process too, is not only are you guys making albums, but there's other songs that the world needs to hear. Oh yeah, and as a fan myself of, of this rap thing, I've always, it's always been like this nagging um, inquisitiveness to wanna know what happens to all those cutting room songs or like, you know, what do they sound like? What did, what did the other 10 songs that you made with Pharrell sound like? You know, what did that whole Jay-Z and Timbaland album sound like? What did the Jay-Z and, and Biggie out? Like all that, you know, you had all these questions about, especially music pre, I'll say, you know, again, not to date myself, but pre-internet age, all the rap music before then is a, a big question mark with what happened to all the songs that didn't make these various projects nowadays people do give you a lot of what they do because more is more yeah i don't want to leave anything behind that the fans deserve to hear so this is one of those ones i couldn't be left behind and we appreciate you for it <laughs> we needed that <laughs> it's gonna keep happening <laughs> yes then we get to wolves right. in the winter hey what you underwear and unconcerned don't give them the satisfaction care to want to learn Oversight will have you tighten in a pinch. Somewhat a young man became remember in a sense. Huh? We think we all look guilty, so we dressing up in Gucci. Drip at the arraignment. Black and born in this arrangement. Few blowing whistles on the foul, they flagrant. No second chances when your skin is deep. Cold wind blowing like your EDD. Food for thought, but I starve for life. It's time to eat life hard. Tide saw my blink and never sleep. Too so much of my mind that I can't recline. We get full verses from Mo Green, not just one line. Right. But I love the way you two played off each other. What does that look like? Is that you two writing together? Is it you go in the booth and then you guys follow each other back and forth in the booth? Like, what is that process? Because it just came together so well. He had told me he was about to record with Basta one day and uh, like, DB, pull up. All right, for sure. Pulling up. That's when he was making Wolves in the, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Audemars and Apocalypse, when he was making his song to that beat. So he went through and recorded all that, and that was done. And then we figured out we're, we're sharing this. All right, cool. Well, we still got like two, three hours on the books. What are you, what, what you trying to do? What you trying to do, cuz? <laughs> oh, then Boston pulled up more beats. Yeah, we both instantly started nodding to this one. I told him every now and then I'll, you know, try to get inventive, I guess, or just get a little creative and, um, I'm like, well, why don't we split a verse? Like, sure, let's just do it that way. And then I don't know if I had already had eight bars or what the situation was, but yeah, it just ended up where I did an eight, he did a four, then he did an eight, I did a four. And um, one of my favorite songs on the project, because again, I'm such a, a Mo Green fan and have been for a long time. So I was excited about this one. I love it so, so much. Then we get to Ball Tell You Fall. The crowd did not dream when they laid down their money that our league would retire. Florida and Sunny. Yeah. I'm a whole bucket. Do it for the public. They fuck with them duckies. Gotta make them run it. Now is our only promise. Be honest with the mirror. God is drawing near. Drive requires steer. Clear with the vision of else. You out of contact. These kids want truth. Who gon' tell them where to find that? Didn't need a roller just to tell me where to spend time at. Bless oh, bless oh, fine wine on wax. I've been on a long road. I'm writing the book. It's called the Max Goals. The amount of questions that I have about this song. <laughs> There's so much in it. It makes me so damn happy. Whew. I mean, of course, the fact that it was full circle with your son to have him on a song before when he was three and to bring him back now. But I also just love the fact that on Bar for Bar, you talked about how he's going to college. He doesn't want to pursue rap, but he can rap and you have him on the song. And that kind of goes back to the conversation that we we're having before to where it's like the thought of it just being a passion or a hobby for him or something that he can pick up when he wants to, but he's going to go to college. He's going to do yeah. something else. I love that idea for him too, because a lot of times for artists, it's something that comes later in life. They try to pursue it and mass appeal is just fucking disgusting and 
that whole industry circle is ridiculous. And then they come to a place where it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to have a regular job and I'm going to make music because I want to. But him being so young and being like, no, I'm going to go to college, but like I can also rap too. What does that look like raising a son? I don't know. Is that something you illustrate for him? Is it something that he comes to on his own? What does that look like? Yeah, you, you have referenced a song that, that I had got him on when he was about three. <laughs> yeah, I was just in a different place. And I was I was young. I was um, a young father, relatively long, young. It, it depends on who you're comparing it to. When he was three, I might have been 24. I was just in a different place. And I wasn't really thinking about how my actions would affect my kid. So then fast forward over the years custody battles and just all types of strange things happen in our relationship and, and time and distance. And fast forward to him actually being able to, to come and live with me again a couple of years ago. It was, a, a, again, a chance at redemption with me. I didn't want to impress upon him that the height of his value was making a rap song, you know, that somebody might like for a year. And that's what he's banking his life on. Like I already put my life on the line in pursuits of trying to be a rapper. And I definitely didn't want that for my kid. He's worth more than that. I'm worth more than that, but I have to impress that upon my kid as well. And any other kids listening or watching, that's why I try to write my verses now without using profanity. Like I still talk like a real human, obviously, but, um, you know, when people listen back to me, I want it to be a comfortable message and not anything that doesn't really speak for me. So again, the same thing with my son. I just wanted him to know that if you're going to do this, it's going to be intentional. And I'm only allowing you to do this because it's a special moment in time. But no, we're not, you know, working on his album or anything. He is applying for colleges. He's distance learning at a private school right now. And um, we're still constantly having those conversations about worth and what you deserve and not relegating yourself to what society may tell you somebody that looks like you should be doing mm. my son is six foot five i'm i'm six seven anywhere we go around town who do you play basketball for well if you look at a basketball schedule uh obviously nobody because <laughs> i'm not in those places but i mean it's just battling against the status quo and i just want it better for my son so that's why um this song was very intentional and like you spoke to is not me introducing him as the next Bledsoe rapper. It was more so marking this special period in time in him and I's relationship. I love it too, because you spoke about not using profanity and and really talking to children and younger generations. And I feel like this song does it so much because you're not only referencing your own children and wanting more for them, but just the next generations in general and and really, really speaking to that. So I think you did a great job of doing that too, just really being like, no, we all deserve more. We deserve to see things like just speaking so much truth and and being inspirational in that way as well. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to give it in doses. I don't want to be too preachy. And again, I'm I'm definitely coming from a, a place of empathy and not of judgment or or even sympathy. Like I really understand what these kids are going through and what they've been through, but they don't understand that us elder statesmen, what we have gone through <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what we've learned. And, and again, you know, I just read in, in this book that I'm currently reading, the uh, best experience to learn from is someone else's because you shouldn't have to fuck up the same way I did to learn the lesson that I already did. I already, I already messed that up and learned that. So you can just take this knowledge that I gave you, go mess up where, where else you're going to mess up at, but learn from what we did and really, really listen. And again, I, that's more or less the overarching purpose for me even doing this music right now is just to show these kids, the younger generation, that there is better. You can do it. You can make it despite X, Y, and Z. So it's purely motivational and just trying to enrich whoever's listening. The ultra classic. I went through that so you wouldn't have to go through that. Yeah, period. It only gets realer and realer like to hear that that's in a book like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's all this us as an older generation is trying to do. Like, no, we already went. Please, please don't go. Yeah. And that's where I get more frustrated with rap music in general, especially like like I said, the the people who are a little more uh 
season in life and a little older, like just be more responsible with what you're handing down. When I see these babies out here dancing suggestively to, to whap and just just all types of other shit. Like, again, I don't want to come off as the old dude in the room who doesn't like anything, because I definitely like a lot of shit that slaps. But mm-hmm. I just wish that people would be more responsible, especially the ones that know better. Like, let's do better for these babies because the shit's not funny when you're not getting paid for it. The responsibility aspect is just wild because, you know, then they try to play it off and say, well, I never wanted to be a role model. But it's like, hey, that's what comes with this, whether you like it or not. Who you think these these millions of views are from is is not from Sally and John that just got off of work at five. It's a lot. The other part of that song that I love is, do you consider it a switch up or more of a hidden track the way the beat changes? Who knows? I just said, I got I got one more verse and this is how we're going to end it off. <laughs> I didn't want it to be that big. Bam. I put my son on the last song. We out of here. I think Exhibit did that like in 99. That was that was classic, but it was corny. I uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, let me let me still give him just a little bit more. And that was another one of those songs that actually me and Deuce, me and Brookfield Deuce had done during the whole Twice on Sunday season one Um and it was just a song that him and I have rapped on. But I was like, man, this is the perfect verse for me to go out on. Hopefully Deuce will use the whole song one day. <laughs> but uh, the verse just pretty much summed it up for me and, and tied a bow on the, the project. And SK was, was playing the instruments on that. And it was just the perfect way like for the band to go out to me. That's what I have here. Like the fade out with the guitars and like the woo. Like yeah. it just feels like such a release just such a good ending like you know you see the end of the movie and the credits start rolling you're like yes you just start clapping like yes right on time the feelings are all there thank you i also want to talk a little bit about the bars on that last verse too because it reminded me a lot of the conversations that we had i can't remember the exact song right now because i'm just going from memory but when we were talking about twice on sunday we had a conversation about a bar that you had about like Amazon and really just going in between this life of all these apps and all this tech, but also like real life. So that's what it reminded me of when you're talking about, you know, Google, explain the concept of time to a toddler. Google, can you find me directions to heaven? Like really intertwining how people use these apps to rule their lives, but they can't explain the things that are deeper than that. Right. So what was it like writing those? Again, that was that was more of me trying to encourage just some introspection. Again, we get caught up in all these modern conveniences and having so much at our fingertips that we forget to give time to those things that we can't see or the things that we don't understand. And, you know, you just go through life and then you look up and you need some understanding of these things, but you never tapped into it. You were so busy on your phone. You were too busy watching YouTube. I just really wanted to point out that there are other aspects of life that need attention that Google can't answer for us. Siri can't tell you these things. And to me, it's just another layer of tying together the Grand National album to this one. Those really important through lines are still there. We're still, you know, bringing it back to, wait, what are these feelings that we need to feel? What are these things that we really need to unpack and figure out and focus on? So I think that that was a great job of just keeping that in the same world. And I talk about it like it's a theme and a thing but at the same time knowing you and and knowing how these projects are made I know it's not this like oh well let's let's remember to remind people that they need to no that's really where you're at in life and how you feel about things and what you think is important so as much as it's a through line for the listener it's just your life right now it is it's the way I think and and obviously the way I write because it's the way I think again like I like I stated earlier I'm just trying to enrich whoever it is that's listening to D-Blood. So if, if somebody is taking the time out of their day to listen to me, of course, I want to give you good music that you can enjoy, that you can bop to whatever you, you do to good music. But I also want to give you some substance underneath that. So if I ever do get a second chance of you listening to me, you discover something in there that might be able to help you. And again, I, I attribute that to 
my thirst for knowledge, i.e. reading so much is just broadening my whole horizon and, and outlook like perspective is a motherfucker, man. And, and I'm just gaining a lot of it by reading these books. And it just makes me want to give what I'm getting to whoever I can have an impact on. So it's dope when people like you and like, you know, bar for bar and all these different media outlets, when they really like give me an opportunity, it's really gratifying because again, I'm just a regular dude that feels like I'm learning some shit and I just want to share it in hopes of making somebody else's experience better. It's our pleasure, honestly, because it's like, we're just little old people who, you know what I mean, like the music. So to have the honor to ask the questions and get the answers and have the conversations always just means so much to me. So I thank you. Yeah, mutual. All good. <laughs> of course, Project Enrichment is out right, right now. You can stream it, but you already know the best way to support independent artists is to go buy that thing. So log yourself onto iTunes, go buy it, press that button. Anything else you want to tell the people about Project Enrichment? Check out everything Grand National and everybody Grand National. I'd be here forever if I was to name names. Um, <laughs> but uh, look out real, real soon. I mean, real soon for uh, my next project on the way. You know, and uh, I'll let Tip tell you all the name and that at a later date. But again, I'd just like to, to tell anybody that has taken the time to listen and will take the time to listen that I appreciate you. Thank you. You know, all you can expect from me is that uh, that good shit. Oh, I can't wait for that next album title. Ooh, we are excited. Oh, man. Goodness. But until then, you have 11 tracks to listen to. You know, yep. we had the whole conversation with Mo Green. Go back, listen to them, memorize them. And honestly, as you can see here, the levels are there. Being able to break down all these verses on here from all of these incredible people Come on, there, there's work to do. You heard me doing my Google searches. Do your Google <laughs> searches too. There's so much to it and it makes me so, so happy. And um, again, for all y'all listening, uh, all of the lyrics for Project Enrichment are up on Genius. We got videos for No Nemesis, 2420 Flow, Seed 16. And um, real soon here, Tip will be premiering a new video for y'all. Man, again, just be on the lookout for more music coming from Grand National, Deep Letho, and the, and the rest of the camp. Yes. As I say almost every week on my Twitch show, this is a Grand National Stan account. <laughs> That's right. what my account is. That's what it is. Everybody needs one. <laughs> you know? Deep Bledsoe, Kate Lamont, DJ Basta. I am completely honored and gracious and just so damn blown away. So thank you, thank you, thank you, not only for having this conversation, but for the freaking premiere. Like, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime. And thank you so much for checking out this episode. You heard the man, the Cranberry Vodka music video premiered right alongside this podcast. So go check out that video. The link is in the description. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. You can reach out to me. I'm on Twitter at Special Says or on Instagram. It's at Special Says as well. Just say hi. Let me know what your favorite part was. All that good stuff. As always, this episode is dedicated to Marlon. Do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence.